You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to episode six of Brumpod. We're back for the new year. Well, it's not really a new year now. We've just had an extended holiday. But um, we're back, and we're going to be back every couple of weeks or so. I thought we'd start the new year off with uh, a bit of a short rundown of uh, reminders. Things from making tax digital to things that are going on, changes in employment law, uh, the dreaded B word. And um, and then the second story is all about Paul Upple, the small business commissioner. But uh, first of all, Ewan, give us a bit of a roundup of all the things that are coming up. Thank you, Richard. Um, tax one of the people's favorite topics at this time of year. If you are registered for VAT and above the VAT uh, threshold, paper accounting records will no longer be acceptable from uh, 1st of April uh, for the quarter starting then. And you'll need to submit returns and to HMRC directly from software and they're withdrawing the, uh, the the current system. Um, that will be rolled out for income tax and corporation tax in due course, but not this year, 2020 at the earliest. So please speak to your accountant if you haven't already done so. Uh, get some decent accounting software if you've already got it. Uh, and if you're a NatWest customer, and a very small business, then they have an offer on uh, at the moment. So get in touch with NatWest and ah. see what they can do for you. Okay. As I said, this is the time of year where accountants are going to be rubbing their hands with glee, which is not what they would normally would do in the end of January. But you can just see this now. There's going to be thousands upon thousands of people who are going to have to have probably more meetings with their accountant than they normally would do to try and find out what is going on with the whole making tax digital. Uh, finding out how many times a year we're going to have to be submitting these things, learning new software if need be. and Because uh, yeah, the good thing is it's going to be gradual. So I've got the rough time scale here. April this year, 2019, it's for all businesses above the VAT threshold. Uh, will be required to keep digital records and file VAT returns using MTD compliant software. Uh, and then April 2020, uh, timings for corporation tax have yet to be confirmed, but it will not become mandatory before 2020. And seemingly 2020 onwards, everybody, all those who complete self-assessment tax returns, self-employed partnerships, trusts and landlords, but there's no set date as yet. So... Unlike the government, there is no plan yet. That's familiar, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the other thing to bear is when eventually we go to quarterly income tax reporting, that might also have an effect on tax planning. Yeah. Um, 
because things weren't necessarily necessarily be saved up until the end of the of the. So you need to be a little bit careful uh, with your accountant as to uh, how you deal with that. I mean, they're, they're, they're things that we all have to be aware of now because there, there hasn't been a huge amount, well, I, whether I've missed it, but I, I haven't seen a huge amount advertised about this. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we did cover that in the previous episode where we talked about this in more detail. But unlike tax returns where there are always adverts on radio and TV reminding you that tax doesn't have to be taxing, there's, there's no real information about this out there and bear in mind every business is going to have to drastically change well some businesses are going to drastically change the way they do their accounts it's it's yeah. a big deal and everybody is going to be implicated in this it's not just the select few Bye. has someone fallen down the stairs <laughs> somebody extra <laughs> special guest this week yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's it's um I think for a lot of small businesses, there's no need to panic because if you've got your zero or QuickBooks or whatever, then you're really already covered. Um, but it's a group where they ought to be thinking about changing the way they do their accounts and, and making those changes now. And that's where the big problem might arise. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, what do you think about this, if you're still here? Oh, no, I'm still I here. I was, <laughs> I was about to say that the, there are, you know, other thing, other bits of information that haven't come to light, like the fact that Danny and I are also still here. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gone off and done our own solo project yet. Oh, that's good. It wouldn't be a solo project if there's two of us. No, so, there's two separate projects. Yeah. yeah. We could put that in for next month. But to be honest, I think you've covered everything in terms of what I'd say on the, the tax going digital. Um, at the moment, the only real issues are that it is a government department, it's government software, they don't have a fantastic track record on reliability. Um, and I think it will be a very strange couple of financial quarters for businesses as they get used to the idea of, that maybe they're inputting the information wrong and uh, and these systems don't always cope well with it. All so. we can guarantee is it's going to go swimmingly <coughs> with uh, no from, problems. From the uh, government departments that brought you Terminal 5 and Wembley Stadium, <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Absolutely. So that's, that's that rounded up. I think there's no real... We've, we've covered it that in more detail, so if you want to listen to that, I'm sure it's in uh, Episode 3, I think it was. Um, so yeah, the next uh, changes and things to be aware of, uh, things to employment law. So again, you and give us a, a rundown. Yeah, there's there's nothing absolutely huge if you're a small business. Um, although some interesting stuff in the pipeline. Don't forget that minimum wage, living wage, whatever it's called this week, uh, increases <laughs> at levels uh, on the first of April. So don't get caught out by that. Uh, don't do an Iceland and introduce a savings scheme that means you're um, asked for tens of millions of pounds either. Uh, if you're a larger company, then gender pay gap reporting, there's executive <coughs> pay ratio. They're talking about ethnicity gap reporting as well, although that's, uh, there's not a proposed date for that yet. Um, one in 
one is parental bereavement leave and parental bereavement pay, um, which as and when it comes in, and it's not decided yet, uh, that leave is going to be either a fortnight as a lump or, or two. But it's while you know there's 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 an understandable reason for having that leave. Yeah. It's another reason why you might have not have your employees at work on a particular day. But just just be aware that that is coming and start thinking about how how you might operate it. Yep. Good. Good point. Any other can things? I, can I mention the B word? Oh, go on then. To, 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 totally in the uh, question of employment. But if you employ uh, EU workers or workers from the EU, uh, they're going to be at the moment. Don't ignore that. See if you can point them at sources of advice. Um, a, your commitment to them which is important if there's a possibility that they return to their home country. Uh, but the other thing is just help them sort out their problems. It's part of your job as an employer to um, keep them happy. And uh, But there are sources of, of information out there. And if there are any links, we'll, uh, we'll bung them in the show notes as well, along with the... Uh different bits on making tax digital just so everyone's aware and have got all the information we'll, we'll make sure that's in the show notes it may not be uh, cohesive advice but uh, yeah the main advice that people would give employees would uh, well employers would give to employees would be to register provide assistance provide all the information but as with the taking tax digital the current EU registration scheme has so far not gone well uh, there's numbers of anomalies there's Facebook posts of um, contradictory information and a lot of advice that I was given because I'm married to an EU citizen uh, from both immigration lawyers and relocation services which obviously are connected to my grown-up job in self-storage is don't register yet don't register till they get it right unlike the tax um, <coughs> taking tax digital where it's necessary to get to grips with the new system as quickly as possible uh, there are the issues that uh, a failed registration due to software failures could be worse than not having registered in the first place so there's and still this, this is the, the the thing the the settled status registration that they were charging 65 quid or something for and then on the same day scra uh, scrapped the charge altogether yes the one yeah. that uh, was going to be as easy as getting um, an LNK points card and now doesn't work on iPhones and um, doesn't seem to work a lot full stop at the moment. So the, the underground advice has been wait until they iron the kinks out of it, don't rush to register. Uh, but I think the most important thing is that uh, employers have to support their employees through the process and the uncertainty. Absolutely. Because good employers will retain their staff. Absolutely, and look after them properly and make sure they're uh, in a good position. So, yeah, definitely something to be aware of if you do employ EU nationals. Yeah. This advice is not endorsed by Brumpod, just by Jason Jones. <laughs>
So our second topic of the episode is all about a gentleman called Paul Apple, who is the government's small business commissioner, who I think from memory is actually based in uh, the Midlands. Based in Birmingham. Correct me if I'm wrong, based in Birmingham. Ah, very good. So yes, he had uh, made an announcement recently, earlier this month indeed, um, to say that the he, he calls for a traffic light warning system. Uh, as new research reveals 65% of large firms pay 30 days or longer. Um, so with all of us either being or working for, you know, small businesses of various sorts, this could be a big deal if this gets off the ground because he wants to implement some kind of system where small businesses who end up being contracted to work for larger businesses to give them a bit of a system where it either gives a red flag or a green flag uh, to say they're either a good or bad payer so you can make a more informed decision as to whether that job, for instance, is worth taking on. Because if you end up doing a load of work and don't get paid for six months, then that is going to massively impact uh, cash flow, especially for a small business. So I, for one, welcome that. What are we all thinking? It's necessary. The, pro- the problem is the insanity of delaying payment terms. It's a conveyor belt. And delaying payment terms from 30 to 60 days simply makes you look richer for a financial quarter before you catch up. And yet there are some larger contractors where they can run to 60 days payment because they've got payments coming in from previous jobs. But it's getting on that first step and thinking that you are going to go for two months without payment and how are you going to pay the bills in the interim, that's the biggest problem. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm an employee. I work for a large um, self-storage company. That's Access Self Storage, people. <laughs> and I had this conversation with you and earlier where I said we get asked all the time by some of the corporate and national accounts can we extend our payment terms to 60 or 90 days? Well, if you're on 30-day terms, you give 30 days notice on your unit. If you want seven days notice, pay us within seven days. If you want 90 days, that's great, but you'll need 90 days notice on your uh, units with us. That's when they go strangely quiet because if somebody leaves and doesn't need the unit anymore, they don't want to pay for it for three months. So we've got a bit of leverage should we say that a lot of other contractors don't because if a, if a big company says we're not going to pay you for we, we want to switch it to 90 day terms what are you going to do walk away from the job and get nothing well absolutely i think it can be quite bullying and i think the the earlier bad practices and the worst offenders are flagged up the more informed choice contractors can make yeah, I'll, I'll give you some stats because uh, in his blog on the Small Business Commissioner website, which I'll uh, I'll put in the show notes, uh, sixty-five. I think I've said this one. Sixty-five percent of large businesses have an average bill payment time of more than thirty days. More than a fifth, twenty-one percent of large businesses report an average bill payment uh, time of fifty days and above. The average time taken to pay a bill is thirty-seven days, uh, and that varies wildly in different parts of the UK. Uh, and companies in London are the most prompt paying bills in 34 days, followed by those in the southwest paying after 35. 
Uh, worst is up north for some reason, uh, yeah. with payments taking 43 days. Northern Ireland and East Midlands, average payment time 41 days. And only 14%, 1-4% of companies from the 7,010 analysed reported payment terms of 19 days or under, 1-9. So there's, there's clearly a lot to do, uh, and, and larger businesses need to address this. They need to improve, because this, as the government keeps saying, this whole country is, you know, small businesses are the backbone of the country, therefore they need to be looked after a bit more by the larger businesses by paying their bills on time. Well, small business is the future. Ten years ago, we had the credit crunch. And the credit crunch was almost a fault where there was a convergence. There was this globalization. And suddenly there was this huge settling. And a lot of people decentralized. And they went back to regional structures, small businesses, uh, interconnectivity rather than having one monolith that covered everything you know the world was going Tesco in the 1990s that was I think there was even a book on it now suddenly the corner shops are making a resurgence it's this whole thing that small businesses are very much the future and the whole thing about technology and the internet the interconnectivity is payments can be made almost immediately there isn't even a reason to have 30 days anymore. 30 days was so you could process paperwork. Paperwork yeah. doesn't get processed anymore. Tax has gone digital. The whole mechanism should have speeded up. The slowing it down was that was is an accountancy dodge. That's what happened with uh, Carillion, was they started pushing payment terms back because it made them look richer for a financial quarter. And if that financial quarter crossed into a tax year, it made them look better for that for that tax year. But eventually, it catches up. Yeah, that's and where that, they fall foul. And that's the thing, you know, technology now for small businesses is so much better than when I first went self-employed in uh, I think two thousand and four. You know, back then I was sending paper invoices. Even in two thousand and four, I was mainly doing paper invoices just to make sure they had it and all that kind of thing and yeah. accepting checks and you know doing bank transfers which obviously are still doable now but you know the, back then the ability to take card payments was really difficult unless you had one yeah. of those sort of streamlined machines and had to pay through the nose for them and now with well thanks to Danny who sorted it out because I would have broken it uh, integrating Stripe into uh, my website you know card payments can be done in a you know, a few seconds now. Exactly. We don't need a month's payment terms anymore. That was because you would print, finish your job, do have an admin day, print out the invoice, post it. It would take a couple of days to get there. It will be opened, processed. If it missed that check run, it might not have another check run for a week because they got their own processes. You send it back through the post. You receive it. You do your bank run on a specific day. You could need a month's. Now you don't. No, you can do this. You can arrange payments within a day. And that's the thing that there are some businesses that still do their invoice. I know a couple that still do their invoicing at the end of the month. But yeah. you know, whenever I do mine, as soon as the job is done, invoices is, is gone with it. Yeah. And For the fact yeah, it takes it's... two minutes to generate an invoice and email it off, it's it's sensible to do it at the time. The sooner the client's got it, the sooner you can be paid. 
Yeah, the the whole monthly payment terms is is almost archaic now, and it's it, we only really do you know, monthly um, reconciliations, you know, and tax returns because you you still need defined cutoff points. There's no reason to run beyond thirty days that I can think of with any justification, other than laziness and inefficiency on behalf of the people that are processing it. Yeah. I mean, I've still got one now. I did a voiceover job in um, May last year, um, and that's that's still awaiting payment. And it, it's it's not the fault of my client. It was the the end client. It was for they they just seem to be impossible to get a hold of and organise and manage. And uh, it's it's still delayed even now. So that's still ongoing. Thankfully, yeah. it's not for a, a massive amount, but um, it, it's. And my client is just as frustrated because he wants to be able to pay me. He obviously wants his money he's owed, and it's uh, it's it's not good. It's absolutely, and it does it does lead to tensions and bad relationships between the um, the contractor and you know and, and and the providers. It you you reach a point where trust will break down. Yeah. It's only if if it's only if a company uses its its rather bullying position in the market to enforce these terms that it, that that it be that they actually get them. So yeah, I welcome the idea that small businesses will be able to have a choice. Absolutely, and, and a lot it, of companies might just clean up their act because of it. And it is a shame because often, when with my experience doing voiceover, that. The majority of clients that I've had, if they if they tend to be a larger client, they tend to be a much easier client to work with, and generally more efficient and good to communicate compared to small businesses, who often is it's it can be a bit more challenging at times. So it, it, it's ironic that it can be it can go the other way often. That it, well, when you say challenging, you've never actually had to drive a digger into a travel lodge. Not yet. Well, they, they, <laughs> luckily there were no iPhones at the time, so uh, I wasn't caught doing it. Um, but uh, yes. yeah, that, that that that's a that's a really good example. It's like no, I don't I don't think the full story of that's come out yet, has it? Well, you hear snippets where uh, allegedly it was a contractor who was owed six hundred pound. He hadn't been paid. Um, he. Uh, decided had enough and did what most uh, people in the building trade do, which is if I'm not paid for the work I've done, I'll undo the work I've done and you can keep the money. So he undid the reception with the digger. Yeah. It then turns out that he may have actually been paid and just didn't check his bank statement before he <laughs> in. Although somebody also had a GoFundMe page which covered the £600 he was owed anyway, but that might just about cover his uh, solicitor's costs for when he has to attend court. Yes, uh, the, the, there are ways of handling things like that. And that, I mean, I, I'm no lawyer, I'm not a police officer, but I'd say that's probably not the best way he could have done things. No. Yeah, Agreed. Absolutely. But the, that's the problem is that if that guy has got payments to make, mouths to feed, and all he's getting is, yeah, we're dealing with it. Yeah, it, it is point, a good metaphor for it all. It, it's certainly true. Yes. So, so I think uh, I think whoever it was that owed him the six hundred pound, whether it had been paid at the eleventh hour or not, they will also think twice about um, 
making sure their payment runs go smoothly and the people that hired them will also think twice about hiring them until they make their payment runs go smoothly so yeah, yeah. but that, that that's assuming that it, the uh, employer in that case who's at fault because it's also possible that he hasn't been paid yeah so it might actually be the ultimate employer who's who's caused a problem well, that's what I was saying about, you know, it's, it's a chain. If uh, if you've got a contractor that uh, doesn't mind waiting 60 days because, you know what, I, I did a job for somebody else 60 days ago and that payment will hit my account today, so I'll be all right, then it's fine. But it's getting on that, uh, that treadmill, that conveyor belt in the first place. That's the hardest step. So for new businesses, small businesses, the people that are living hand-to-mouth, they can't wait 60 days. And if they go in believing they'll be paid in 30 days and are then told to wait 60 days because circumstances have changed, then, yeah, that's that's when the problems happen. That's yeah. when you want yeah. to climb in a digger and rearrange the uh, reception of a travel lodge. <laughs> I wonder if you, you, you raised some good points about it. It used to be necessary um, and reasonable to have 30 days terms. And yeah. nowadays, really, it's absolutely unnecessary. Um, it. I'm just wondering if it's a bit of a culture shift required because everybody's just bumbling along going, well, yeah, that's normal. Um, We've always we, done it that way. We, yeah, we need a new normal. You know, is, is this the um, sort of, in a similar way that drink driving, you know, 20, 25, <laughs> 30 years ago, people would go down to the pub, have six pints and drive home. Um, the vast majority of people and society consider that absolutely reprehensible now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Whereas, yeah, we used to watch the Sweeney and, uh, yeah, Regan had knocked back to double whiskey before getting in the car to stop a bank job. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true yeah, to me that think... th 30 days, I mean, that that's it's it's almost like a, a catchphrase now, isn't it? Oh, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days payment. And, yeah. you know, who, who, whoever invented it, it's one of those things that it can be it can be changed, it can be amended, it can be five days my, yeah. my my own terms on my invoices are, are 15 days you know it doesn't always work clearly but for the most part most you know good 75 80 percent of my clients do tend to pay by the due date um i think the, the 30 days is because you have these anomalies because there's 365 days in a year none of the months are 30 days um so even if you had 90 days payment, that's four quarters and five days left over. Yeah. So there's always this, this carry through. Can I just month... point out that actually four of the months have 30 days? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, well, sorry, not all of them have 30. You're quite right, 30 days. I was, I was actually well, te technically, every month apart from February has 30 days in it. Oh, good catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's 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 not set up for thirty days. Thirty days is just uh, an arbitrary number. It's pretty much monthly, give or take. Is is was is is the main point. So and the monthly was because it allowed enough time for the post and for internal processes and other stuff. To put but, new coal in the machines to make them generate new receipts and that kind of thing. Pretty much the world has moved on now. You can get, you can transfer money in and out of your account within hours. You know, you can have, you can, you can be paid 9 a.m. in the morning 
And before 10 a.m., you've transferred money to your savings, paid your bills, done all the other stuff. So this bank account. Yeah, without ever writing a single check. Yeah. It's 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 unnecessary. A lot of payments could be done immediately. It could be, I'll come in, I'll inspect the job that you've done, I'm happy with it, here's your sign-off, boom, there's your payment. I've, I've, I've never that. forgotten one of my uh, first clients when I went into voiceover was the quickest payment I have ever received. And I, I sent him the invoice and the job was confirmed and I had a notification from him with a screen grabber's proof uh, to say that he paid it and it was not even three minutes after I sent it to him. Yeah. Well, gonna take some I, was, I was impressed by that. Well, I will beat that because I, as a coach, ask for money up front. <laughs> That, yes, account. yes, that's true. Uh, in, in the hassle of chasing small amounts um, is, is, is just not going to work. And Danny, for example, if somebody doesn't pay you for building their new website, they don't get a new website yet. No, yeah. um, a, a lot of our work is, uh, is maintenance contracts so people can just come to us through the month and say oh i've broken this or can you make this work or can can you add this um or turn it purple or whatever um and that's that's built in advance for the for the coming month um and if we quote for a job mo we'll take 50 percent of the money up front because yeah. we, we have been burned before um with people who went oh yeah 30 30 days um it's you know the dog ate it or it's in the it's in accounts now um so we adjusted our our business practices accordingly so that we're still in business. See, we're yeah. quite lucky. Uh, the domestic and small businesses, it's a rolling contract. You pay for the month as the month begins, so you pay up front. National and corporate accounts can get 30-day accounts if they pass the necessary credit checks and they've got enough size and usage that it's in their interests as well. But, of course, if they don't pay their bills, uh, their stuff is in our units, and their code will automatically stop working once it's flagged up as uh, behind with their bills. Yeah, well, the, so, the people who, who um, tucked us up, we, yeah. we kept the code working, but um, when we realized that there was going to be a problem, moved, uh, moved it elsewhere so that it was linked through something that we controlled, and when they didn't yeah. pay us, we could turn it off. It's, um, they, we, we didn't get their money, but they didn't get to keep our work. No. So basically, it was like a virtual digger into a travelogue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> without the, uh, the legal ramifications. <laughs> yeah. So this so, is why I envy your sort of industry because as soon as I, I like you, and if, if they're a brand new client to me, then they pay up front. But if I've got a, a, an existing working relationship, then you know I'm happy to invoice afterwards. That's no problem. Well, I, I wished I'd been in that sort of position where I could retract audio that I've sent, uh, just to you know make a point by saying look you can't have this unless you've paid it because i've had endless promises from odd clients in the past it's oh yeah it's, it's in accounts and then i find out they don't even have an accounts department it's just one bloke um yeah. so did the ability to be able to turn off websites i i love i just wish there was a way i could just <laughs> spring back the old audio that i've sent um you do, and... you do still have to be a little bit careful it's not um you can end up in the uh, in the in a virtual digger situation because if you um, potentially harm somebody's business, even if they haven't paid you, that's a whole new legal um, 
legal minefield that you're yeah. over there. So it's yeah. it's best to just have working practices in the first place where everybody knows where they stand. And if you get behind a little bit, you start to make noises about, well, we're not going to do anything else for you until you've paid them for the last bit. Yeah. yeah. Ne- ne- never pull somebody's website or, or undo your building work unless you've got long terms and conditions that allow you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, my terms of service over the years have have changed organically when uh, various scenarios have presented themselves. And yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say anything is you know watertight, but it's it's clear uh, without having to have them all in long winded legalese. They're all all my terms of service of you know easy easy to scan, easy to understand in normal normal language. Nothing that's overly fruity. Uh, just so everyone knows what's what the score is before you well, say yes. Is fruit. Well, it goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you another quote off this uh, page. Another quote from Paul Uppel. Uh, Our initial findings indicate uh, that almost two thirds of payments are likely to be owed to smaller businesses at any time. This is money that could be used to grow smaller businesses and generate tangible economic activity. Instead, it's stuck on the ledgers of large businesses doing nothing. So and and that's that's true as as Jason said earlier it's if bigger businesses did improve the way they acted it would make small businesses it'd give them more encouragement more ability to grow they'd know exactly where the money's uh, coming in uh, on the right schedules meaning if they need to buy specific stuff for their businesses they're able to they'll be able to grow their businesses uh, quicker and it just make life better all round, and and that's the one thing that is just such a pain. Being self-employed is having to chase those niggling little invoices that you shouldn't really have to waste time chasing. But often, when, when I've had invoices like that, I still do because it's the principle of it. I there's one invoice I'm still chasing now for a hundred quid that I've spent. Probably about nine hundred quid. In the post, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dog in accounts ate it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's one of those things that the I, the, the money, the, the time I've put in trying to get it, I've already probably spent nine hundred quid's worth of my own time uh, chasing it. But it's yeah. it's just the principle, and it's an amount that I shouldn't have to chase. No business should have to chase for money. Well, that's the frightening thing is when large companies abuse their position because the money can sit in their account and they can simply outlast the people that they owe it to. And there is an element in some cases where they think that a contractor is likely to go under, so they are not going to pay him because if he goes under, they don't have to. And that's just awful. But it's somehow become an accepted business practice in some circles. Yeah, it definitely needs to change. And hopefully, if Paul Apple can get this going, then more power to him. Let's get it going. Let's enable small businesses to have a bit more, uh, a bit more say in how things are are run. And if yeah. small businesses can then make conscious decisions about who they should and shouldn't work for based on historical data of how quick, how long you're going to have to wait for your payment, then that should then hopefully make the uh, the bad base think, oh, okay, we better change here. Yeah. So I'm all for it. I think let's hope that that actually happens. And hope, hopefully we he's based in Birmingham, so we may even try and get him on the uh, on the podcast in the future. Who knows? 
and talk about it in more detail. But um, no, a good a good proposal, and let's hope that it actually uh, comes off. Well, I think that covers things for this week. We shall be back in a couple of weeks with even more, and we have got some very good interviewees lined up as well. So uh, do stay tuned, do stay uh, subscribe to it, and you'll get them automatically as and when they're released. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>